I want to see how good y'all do at just naming some of the C's that we have here at Village Church. So can y'all name a couple? Okay, community, care, I have no idea what y'all are saying, but I'm just going to act like y'all got it. And so that's exactly right. Y'all did a great job. So you get a gold star. So it's, uh, it's, it's community, it's campus, community, care, and civics. Now, everything that we do is going to fall under one of those four areas of service for us. Because that's where we believe that God has sent us here in particular to minister. So that's what we're going to do at Village Church. Now, our focus today is going to be on campus ministries. And we really believe that one of the greatest things that we can do as a church is to teach and to lead and to guide and direct students, young people, in the things of God. I think it's one of the greatest things that we can do. That's why we're going to invest our our finances, our time in our student ministries. And that's all the way from zero all the way till they are leaving seniors in high school going off into college. Now, one of the great things is whenever you are uh, involved in campus ministries, you get to deal with a lot of young people, and especially when you begin to deal with children, they're, they're just a lot of fun to be around. They say stuff that's funny. Uh, a lot of times what they do that's really entertaining is parents, they will tell the truth. And so you get to listen to them, and they tell the truth to you. And so we find out, especially in staff and those of you who are involved in leadership, we find out a whole lot of stuff about y'all that you would never believe anybody else knows. We know, so it's kind of fun talking to kids. Now, I love a story about a, a, a father was talking to his daughter. She's very young, like four years old, and she didn't understand really the whole idea or the concept of marriage, and she was trying to figure it out. And so her dad got the wedding album out, and he said, you know, I think this will help her out. And so he pulled out the wedding album. They're kind of flipping through pictures. He said, now this is your mom. She's wearing a really pretty dress, and she's got that veil. And these are her friends. They're called bridesmaids. And this is all of her family. And they kind of went through everything. And he said, this is the picture when you know, the, the minister said, I could kiss your mom. And he said, now, and they kinda, you kind of figured out, like, you know, when, we, when we talk about marriage, you know what it means now, kind of the idea of it? And she looked at her dad, and she said, yeah, I, I get it now. She said, that's the day that mom came to work for you. And so I just, I just love stories like that. And uh, my wife's not here today, but that was a story of us. And so it's just, a, it's just a great, you know, just sort of a great thing talking to kids. Now, obviously, there's some of you ladies thinking that girl needs to be trained. She needs to be taught. Well, that's what we're talking about today. One of the greatest things that we can do is to teach young people, to engage them. You know, C4, it's, it's called C4 Engaging Culture. One of my favorite things about you guys, about Village Church, is that you have a desire and you have a heart to engage culture. And one of the greatest places where we engage culture as a church is in our campus ministries. So many of you are involved in reaching out and serving and ministering in those areas. And so what we're going to do today is we're going to look at a passage of Scripture and we're going to see the writer of the book of Proverbs sharing with us some important steps that we can take in order to educate and to train young people. And so that's why we're going to look today in Proverbs chapter 22. And we're just going to look at one verse today, verse number 6. And so if you have your Bible, I'd love for you to turn there. And you can underline this verse. But the, uh, the Jewish people did most of their teaching through Proverbs. Now there's a whole book of Proverbs 
But Proverbs, basically, they're just short little uh, kind of catchy sayings that are easy to memorize, that, that teach life lessons. And as you go through the book of Proverbs, you'll see that it, it addresses a whole lot of current issues. It, it deals with things like uh, marriage, uh, relationships, your finances, your work habits, just a lot of different common everyday subjects that it covers. But today our focus is going to be on the proverb that teaches us how to minister to and to train up young people. Now I really believe part of the job of believers, and in particular the church, Village Church for us, is to help young people take off the training wheels of life so that they can learn how to ride solo through life. Because there's going to be a day when our young people, they grow up, and they're going to be on their own. And so if they're going to be able to do that, then the question for us is, well then, how should we educate them in a way where they're going to be able to do that and also develop a relationship with God? We're just going to look at a few things that Scripture points out to us on how to educate our young people. And the very first thing is very simple. It says you're to teach them. Part of your job as a parent, a part of our job as a church, when it comes to campus ministry and our students and our children, our job is to teach them. Uh, verse number 6. It says, teach a youth about the way he should go, and even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now, are, are y'all familiar with that verse? Have y'all, any of y'all heard that verse before? Okay, now I think a lot of times when we hear that verse, our thought is, if I teach my ch- child in the way he should go, then that means that he will always do right. He will, if, he, if I teach him this, then that means that he will do this. Now that sounds good, but that's not true. Because everybody has a choice. You know, I go all the way back into the book of Genesis in the Garden of Eden, the very first two people created, Adam and Eve. Okay, Adam and Eve, the very first two people. Who was their parent? It was God. You know, it wasn't Adam Sr., right? It was God. Now, do you believe that God taught Adam and Eve right? Now, I'm going to go out on a limb. I'm going to say, yeah, I think he did. I think God teaches truth. He taught right. Now, he taught right, but did they live right? Well, ultimately, no, they did not. They, they made a decision that they were going to be disobedient to God. Now, I think sometimes we think, well, if I teach my children right, and I do everything right with them, then that means they're going to turn out right. I can't tell you how many good, godly men and women that I've seen, and I've seen their children not turn out right. I've seen good, godly men and women, and they have these little children, and, and I watch them, and I think, they're little demons. I think, what happened there, right? And so just because you teach right doesn't mean that they are going to live right, but if you teach right it's a greater chance that they're going to live right. And Village Church, I believe one of our responsibilities as a church is to teach young people. That, that word teach in verse number 6, it means to train. Now think about it. Think about some of the things that you've been trained in, trained to do. Uh, I know that one of the things that is good to train, I, yeah, I think of a, of a cook, somebody's teaching somebody how to cook. What, what they will do with that person is they'll bring them alongside 
And I said, okay, now this is how you make this particular item. You know, you have these, these ingredients, and this is how you put them together, how you mix them up. And then after you do that, you put them in the oven, and you set it for this amount of time. And if you do those things, and whenever you open up the oven, lo and behold, what do you have? You have something that is edible to eat, right? So you teach them so that they will learn how to feed themselves. Now, that, that is exactly the calling that we have as believers. As a church, we are called to teach young people and share with them the ingredients and how to use them so that it will produce something in their lives that is good. Amen. So what are the ingredients that the church is going to use? You know what it is? It's this book. We are going to look into Scripture and we're going to teach Scripture and teach our young people. This is what God's Word says. And if you apply this to your life, this is what it produces. Now, there are some people who might say, well, I don't like the ingredients you're using. You know, I think the ingredients, they're outdated, that they're old. Why would you use those ingredients? Okay, here's why. Because we believe and we know that this is God's Word. So you know, the Bible is God, it is God's Word. If it's God's Word, it is perfect and it is good for all time. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17 says, All Scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for rebuking, for correcting and training in righteousness, that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Now you'll notice that what it says here, it says that all Scripture is inspired by God. That word inspired, it means God breathed. It means the words of this book came out of God's mouth into man as he wrote these words down. Now we see, we see all throughout Scripture how God breathed life into man. If you go back in the book of Genesis, Genesis 2-7, it says God breathed the breath of life into Adam. He breathed life into him. Jesus, it says, breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. That's in John 20, 22. First, our second Peter 1, 21 says that prophecy never had its origin in the will of man, but men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. So what we see is that the truths you see in Scripture, where do they come from? The Bible says it comes from God. God breathed His words into us. That's why each Sunday you can know this, that in our, in our children's area right next door, they're going to be taught, they're going to be taught God's Word. We have, six, we have 60, uh, 60 volunteer teachers over there right now and workers teaching our children about the words of God. Uh, on Sunday nights, we have our youth group, our middle school and our high school. They have, they have V-group meetings where they have leaders who are going to teach the students what God's Word says. That's why on Wednesday nights, whenever the middle school and high school students come up here, you have Matthew, our, 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 middle school, our senior pastor, senior high pastor, and Will Bonneville, our middle school pastor. They are going to teach about 150 high school and middle school students what God's Word has to say. Now, we can talk about how important these things are, but if you want to teach your children well, you, the best thing you can do is model it. You know, I can talk about God's Word's important. Well, if that's true, and you say that too, then your children, they need to see you reading it. 
If we're going to say that we believe that serving in the name of Jesus is important, if we're going to, if we're going to really get that point across to our, our students, then they need, to, they need to see us serving others. You know, if we're going to talk about the importance of prayer, you, you know what our, our young people need to see? They need to see you and me praying. You know, young people, they, they, are, they are so smart, they can see through the facade that sometimes we put up. And if they see that we have knowledge and that we actually put it into practice, you know what they're going to do? They're going to say, well, obviously that's something they find important. That is something that they believe. That's why it's important for us to teach. You know, there's a story about a, uh, a town in California, Monterey, California. I, I don't know if you've ever been there. We've been there. It's a, it is a, it's a beautiful town. And uh, in Monterey, years ago, there's a lot of fishermen that would be there, and they would clean fish on the docks. And as they would clean the fish, they would throw the leftover parts out and the, to the pelicans. The pelicans just swoop in, and they'd just eat everything. And it was, it was great for the pelicans. I mean, they didn't have to fish anymore. They just kind of sit there and wait to be fed, and they just throw it, throw it to them. And, but after time passed, the fishermen became a little more uh, efficient in using more parts of the fish, and so they were throwing out less food to the pelicans. Now, what happened, instead of the pelicans going out fishing more, they had become so used to being fed and having everything handed to them that they began to starve. They just sit there like, I'm sure they were, if they, if you have a bird brain, I don't know what you're doing. I guess, I don't know if they were thinking, why aren't we getting any more food? Uh, but they're sitting there, you know, they're not getting any more food. So they just sit there and they, some of the pelicans actually starved to death. Well, it was a problem. So the town of Monterey actually had to import some pelicans from just up the coast and bring them down. And so those pelicans, when they came down, they, they would go out and do what pelicans do. They would find fish. They would dive and eat the fish and come back. Well, those, those other pelicans that hadn't been doing that in a long time, they watched them, and they began to learn how to fish again. Okay, in, a, in essence, that, that's what we do. We, we teach our young people about the things of God so that they can live for God. So if we're going to educate young people, what's our calling? Well, it's to teach them. But another step that we're called to do in educating them is also to guide them. So we're to teach, but we're also to guide. Verse number 6 says, teach a youth about the way he should go. And even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Now we're told we are to teach a child in the way he should go. In other words, we're to help guide young people down the correct path in life. Now, parents, that sound, does that sound good? And how many of you have had that conversation with one of your children saying, okay, you're going down this path in your life right now, but that is the wrong road. You need to get over here. Isn't that always well-received for y'all? That works out so well. That's worked out very well in our family. Our kids, oh, Dad, you are so brilliant that we know that you were correct, so we're going to hop right on over there. No, that doesn't happen. Most of the time, what, what you do is whenever you, you try to guide, you get some pushback on that. And so we say, well, why is that? And I, a lot of times it's because, well, they're just like their mama. And so, you know, that's, that's a lot of times whenever you have that pushback. Now, the, you know why they have pushback? Because your kids, they're like you. Nobody likes, do you enjoy people telling you that you're doing something wrong and you need to get on the right path? We don't enjoy that. Like, I like the path that I'm on. Even, even if I know it's wrong, I just don't like you telling me, so I'm going to stay on it. Now, sometimes that's what we, that's what we do. And sometimes we, we like to stay on the wrong path because it's more comfortable, it's easier, it's more convenient. I, I'm that way. 
You know, my nature is not to do what is best for me. You know, that's true physically. Uh, my nature is to eat. Isn't it weird how the food that is so good is really just so bad, right? I mean, wouldn't it be great if donuts were, you know, like, that's just incredible how much energy and how much my blood pressure and my, you know, my cholesterol has gone down because I eat donuts and I smoke six packs of cigarettes a day. That would be great, but that's not the way that it works. You know, my, my nature is to sit on a couch and just watch television all day and eat chips and scream at the TV, especially after watching Carolina yesterday. So that's my nature. But it's interesting that the older I get, the more I'm realizing that this, a lot of the stuff that I want, it, it's, not, it's not good for me. You know, Proverbs 14, 12 says, there's a way that seems right to a man, but in the end, its way leads to death. And that's our nature. Now, if our natural tendency is not to go the best way, what do we need? We need a guide. We need, to, we need somebody to step in and say, hey, this is not a good path. Let me show you the right path. That's why it makes sense to me why our verse says that we are to teach our children in the way they should go. It doesn't say in the way they want to go. It says in the way they should go. So the question is, well, how do we guide? Now, I can give you an example of a guide in my life. Uh, one, of my, one of my favorite things to do, and I'm not, I'm not good at it, but I, enjoy, I just enjoy it. I like to be outside. I like water. So I like to fish. And uh, so um, one of the best fishermen around here is Will Bonneville. So Will's the guy that's playing the guitar up here. Now, Will is my, uh, my oldest son's age. And so I'm sure that he probably thinks, how weird is this that an almost 50-year-old man is calling me to hang out? Hey, Will, what you doing today? You want to go fish? And so uh, and I'm sure Will's like, you know, I guess I probably need to do that since, you know, I work with him. And so we'll go down to the river. Now, I will watch Will, and he will have, I know the lures that he uses, and so I'm sitting there watching while he's tying them. I'm like, I got that. So I'll reach down, I'll tie it on, and we'll be down the river, and he'll throw it in there, and I'll throw mine in there. And then, but then Will starts catching fish, and, and I'm, nothing's happening for him. And this, this was a spring, and so I'm, I'm sitting there, and, and he's, catch, I mean, he's catching fish, and it's driving me insane. And so I was like, Will, what are you doing because I'm using the same lure, I have the same reel, I'm using the same lure. What are you doing that is different than what I'm doing? And tell me now, or I will fire you. <laughs> and so he says, and it was interesting, he said, you're, he said when you throw it in, he goes, you're moving your bait too much, your lure too much. He said, just throw it in, because we're at the river. He said, throw it in, and y'all don't tell anybody this, because it's a secret. So he said, I know, Will's like, what are you doing? So he throw it in, and he just let it drift. And so I throw it in, and I let it drift. And you know what? It was on like Donkey Kong. I, saw, I, started, I started catching fish. Now, why did that happen? Because I had somebody who was willing to be my guide. I saw how well he was doing, and I wanted that. Y'all, let me tell you something. Christ honors obedience. When you're obedient to him, he blesses. Now, it's, it's tough sometimes because if you're going to guide somebody, it means you tell the truth. And the truth is not always fun to hear. I mean, it's tough sometimes to tell somebody, you are outside of the, you're not doing it right. You're outside of the boundaries but because I love you and care for you. Let me share with you the right boundary that you need to be on. So, so to be successful in being a guide means you tell the truth. And the Bible refers to this in 2 Timothy 4, 2 through 5. It says, proclaim the message, the gospel. Share the message of Jesus. Now, here's what's interesting. It says, persist in it, whether it is convenient or not. Y'all see that? 
whether it's convenient or not. Rebuke, correct, and encourage with great patience and teaching. For the time will come when they will not tolerate sound doctrine, but according to their own desires will multiply teachers for themselves because they have an itch to hear something new. They will turn away from hearing the truth and will turn aside to myths. I see that and I think, oh my gosh, we're living this right now. They'll turn away from the truth and they'll live for myths. But as for you, the church, it says be serious about everything. Endure hardship. Do the work of an evangelist. Fulfill your ministry. You know, Bill Church says who we are. We are to be about building people. And if we're going to build well, we have to use the right instructions. Now, what are the instructions? It's God's word. So, so what's our calling? If we're going to educate young people in our campus ministries, we teach them, we guide them, and here's the last one. I think this is one of the most difficult ones for me is then you let them go. You teach young people, you guide them, then you let them go. Verse number six, train up a child or teach a youth about the way he should go, and even when he's old, he will not depart from it. One of the hardest things that you can do as a parent, as a teacher, is after you've taught and you've raised them up, it is now to let them go and experience it for themselves. A personal example for this, my daughter a few weeks ago, she um, asked, she said, I want to go, go see my grandparents in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Okay, so Janie's a senior in high school, and Chattanooga, it's about, if, I mean, if you drive like you're supposed to, it's about a six-hour drive. And she wanted to go by herself. Now, you know what my first instinct was? When you're driving through Atlanta, six hours, my, my instinct is, and people are sorry drivers, ain't no way she's going. I'm not going to let her do it. But I let her do it anyway. And she's here today, so she survived. She made it back. Okay, I let her do it. Now, that was hard for me. I, I got her on my Find My Friends, and so I'm like watching her. She's traveling along. I want to see where she is. But I had to let her go. You know why I had to let her go? Because, you know, she's growing up. She's grown up. And she needs to learn how to do some things by herself. I, I'm to teach. My job is not to, to teach and then say, but I'm going to stay here right next to you and hold the steering wheel. Uh, there comes a time when you have to let go. You know, young people, we, we do young people a disservice when we don't teach them how to live and how to make it on their own, how to make a living, how to make decisions, and how to follow God on their own. That is our job. It's to teach, to guide, and the ultimate goal is to let them go. Now, if we don't let them go, y'all, there's consequences that come with that. Now, I'm sure that you're familiar with the story. Just, I mean, it's a couple months ago. Y'all remember the story about the 30-year-old guy that wouldn't leave his parents' house? That's weird. But he would not leave. He would not leave his parents' house. So his dad actually gave him $1,100 and said, son, here's $1,100. I'll help get you out. You know, even with a sorry work record like you have, he's like, yeah, I, you can get a job and you can make it. Now, they had been, they had placated him all these years. And it finally came to a time where I said, man, he's 30. It's time, I mean, I guess it's time to grow up when you're 30. I'm like, man, I thought, I know it happened a lot earlier when we were younger, but it's time for you to, to move on. You know how the, the, the way the son responded to this was just so interesting to me. I mean, l- listen to what he, what he had to say, say about this. He said, he said Dad, I, I, Dad said, I want you to leave. The son wouldn't leave. He finally got a judge to give an eviction order to kick him out. And the judge said, we're going to do it. We'll kick him out. Here's how the son responded to a reporter. He said, this is really unfair to me and outrageous. He said, I don't want to stay there. I've been trying to leave there for a long time. He said, they stopped feeding me, and they've actually cut off my family phone plan. Tragic. 
All right, now, one of the reporters asked him, said, now, do you think that maybe they're just trying to show you tough love? Here's what he said. He said, I don't think trying to destroy somebody is tough love. Now, yeah, I don't know this whole situation there, but let me say this. Y'all, that's the kind of things we're going to produce if we don't let go. If we don't teach well and teach our children and give them the opportunity to grow up who God has made them to be, that's what's going to be produced. That's why each year at Village Church, we will invest thousands of dollars in our campus ministries because we believe the future is in the hands of the young people. Y'all remember that song, Children Are Our Future? Hate the song, good message, it's right. Our children are our future. And my desire is to see Village Church grow redwood trees, not little bonsais that have been cut off at the taproot. We need, to, we need to produce young people who are going to grow up to be men and women of God who are going to be good citizens, who are going to raise up godly families, and who are going to stand for truth. In Village Church, we have been called by God to educate young people. How do we do it? Teach them, guide them, let them go. And that education process, it begins with us using this book as an, the instruction book. And as we do that, then I, you know what, one of my favorite things is to see young people who've grown up in the church, and they've grown up, and they get married, and they have children, and they're plugged into a church, and they're serving God. And I, when I see that, I think we have a future. We are only one generation from our faith becoming extinct. Now, saying all that, what does this mean to us? We're talking about some kids. We need you to invest in the lives of young people. And I believe there's some of you that are called to serve. Remember, we have four C's here. We want you to be plugged into one of those four C's. It could be that God is calling you to serve in campus ministry. Now, some of you might say, that's not my calling. I, you know, I don't, I'm, not gonna, I, I'm not good with kids. I don't think God's called me in that area. I understand that. That's why I was a youth pastor for one year. I figured it out. It's not my calling. But there's other ways that you can support. You know, you can pray for our student ministry. Pray for our campus ministry. You know, we had Wednesday night. There were, there were a ton of kids that became followers of Jesus because there were, there were many of you who were praying. You can pray. You can give financially to the support of the church so that, that, so that we can fund our student ministry so we can reach as many people as possible. Uh, some of you might, it might be one of those things whenever we have, you know, post-game. You might say, you know what, I'm not, I'm not that great maybe in teaching kids or anything like that, but I can serve food to, to hundreds of kids like this past Friday night who come through a line. We can give them food and serve them. Others of you, it could be that, that God is calling you to be involved in the children's ministry where, where you serve over there, over there. Maybe you can be part of the security team, or it could be that God's calling you and has gifted you in teaching young people. You say, well, well what do I do? Well, we have a C4 table with that logo right out the door. And it's a chance for you to go over there and to sign up and say, I believe this is going to be the area of ministry where I'm going to serve. And you sign up right after the service is over. Because we believe young people matter. And in a world that teaches darkness, we are a church that teaches light. And we need more and more light in a dark world. 
and it needs to start with our young people. They will be more influential than we can ever imagine. Heavenly Father, I am grateful that you have blessed our church with so many students and children. And God, I pray that as you have done that, Lord, that we will be good stewards, that we will teach them well. God, that we will teach them the things of God. And God, that we will model our faith before them. Lord, I pray that you will raise up a generation of leaders through the ministry of this church. God, I thank you for Matthew Phillips, our youth pastor, and for Will Bonneville, our middle school minister, and for all those who work in the youth ministry. God, thank you for them. Thank you for Amy Pellucci, our children's coordinator. God, may you have a special hand upon them, a blessing upon them. God, I believe that they are the best at what they do. And I pray, Jesus, that we will see the fruit of their ministry and the fruit that comes from the support of the people in this church. God, bless us. And I pray these things in Jesus' name.